Hello, everyone. My name is Ted Stevenow. Welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast recording on Central Committee uh, following the book Rigged, I wrote. Uh, Rigged, How the Establishment Controls Elections and How the Citizens Can Take Them Back. If you go to my website, tedstevenow.com, you can sign up for my email list and get the first chapter of that book for free. Today, I have a returning guest, Rick Heron, where we discuss the issue of whether or not the parties should endorse candidates. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. It's Ted Stephen. We're back again. Uh, this is the Central Committee podcast. So I got to get a title for this podcast. I don't really have one yet. Um, I say rigged because because I'm trying to go through the book because I want to give people sort of working papers mm-hmm. on how to do this. Uh, today, I have a guest again who we'll have back several times. Maybe it would just be regular. It just be the Rick and Ted show. Who knows? Um, but we, I have Rick Heron back, uh, who is my mentor in Central Committee, guy that showed me how to do it, told me what it was about. Uh, I've been working in politics, I thought, or pretty politically active all my life. I mean, I, I, I voted in elections, I, I volunteered, I made phone calls, I put signs in my yard, I did all these things. And I had never heard of this. It wasn't until the, the Liberty Movement started in 2009 that we had some meetings and Rick happened to show up at one of my meetings and said, hey, <laughs> have you ever heard of this thing called Central Committee, which basically is the infrastructure of the parties and how the party apparatus functions to be able to produce candidates, to be able to set bylaws, to be able to set uh, policy, uh, to have uh, uh, a platform. Uh, There are several uh, very important functions that the Central Committee performs that if you didn't know about it or you weren't looking for them, you you might miss. And one of the most critical functions that they do is they help select candidates for the parties. So one of the things we talk about a lot in the when we talk about central committee is this issue of the slate card and how the parties, some parties, will endorse candidates uh, before a primary election, say these are our favorite candidates or the candidates that we think are the good ones, and then they distribute that card to voters and voters rely heavily on that card. Um, we think 90 plus percent of candidates that appear on that card will win their, their race in the primary. And so this issue, when we, when we highlight it, we show the power of endorsements. And as some people look at it from a distance, they recoil. They go, oh, that's too much power. You can't tell people what to do. And they start worrying about party endorsements. And further, when individuals look at the system from a distance, when the citizens haven't yet engaged or they, they engage on a limited basis, they see the establishment endorsing. They think, how can they do that? Because it's very difficult to overcome the power of those endorsements. So instead of winning the power to endorse themselves, they cry out for stop. You know, we must cease this practice of endorsements. And so it's kind of a hot issue and it goes back and forth. And the question becomes, should you endorse? Should you not endorse? And so Rick's here today. And one of our favorite things to talk about together is this topic. And uh, it's good for us to have some time to really cover it in detail. So brother, Rick, Hmm. should we endorse or should we not endorse? Well, the short answer is yes. Okay. And the main reason for that is it, it beats the alternative. No matter what you think about the endorsement process, not endorsing results in the guy with the most money winning. Mm-hmm. And that's no way to pick a statesman. It, it, so, yes, <laughs> the, the, the local party committees must endorse. Otherwise, there's no sense in even having a party. Why have a party? Right. You know, like if if the guy with the most money is going to win, you know, why should you be there as a uh, an unpaid built-in volunteer group for this guy with all this money to ex- to exploit? That, that's right. You know, like if you're not going to endorse, if you're not if you're not there to select candidates, then what are you there for? 
you know, play in store like like kids, you know. <laughs> well, well, let's play politics. I, I think know? about it, and and I there are several outcomes. Nature abhors a vacuum, and I think not endorsing provides this vacuum. And the entities that will step into the vacuum space, um, as you suggest, candidates with the most money is one of them. I think there are several others as well. Candidate with the biggest name recognition. Very Which is pretty much the same thing. Right. It, it, it can't, can't because be. Because they buy it with advertising. We, we saw a county where a famous politician went around endorsing people. One time a, a famous uh, local politician endorsed, who was a Republican, endorsed a, the vice chair of the Democrat Party for a position in a trustee race, which was interesting. So big names, okay, will we'll step into that space. Outsiders will step into that space. Mm-hmm. Now, there's different forms of outsiders. We see outsiders in other parties, like the state party will tell a county party how to, mm-hmm. how to vote. They'll tell the voters in a county party. If you don't endorse in your county and the state party's sending cards mm-hmm. into your turf, you are, you are preventing the people in your county from having a representative voice in the party right. to be able to say who they want to be elected. What you're letting is the people in Columbus pick the candidates That's in right. your county. We call them the out-of-towners. <laughs> exactly. The, the, other- the out-of-towners. And they, they usually have you know deep pockets. Mm-hmm. And if you do not endorse, it's like sticking a for sale sign on your district. <laughs> you know, for state rep or state senator, whatever. It don't yeah. matter what it is. If you do not endorse your candidate and get behind them and make sure those slate cards get out to everybody and chase the absentee button do all what it takes yeah you know to own to own your party in your district then the out-of-towners will say hey look there's another district for sale right and it's easier for them if you if for example another group are special interest groups so labor unions or you see even these big packs you see they're all they're all branded you know freedom liberty loving Wave the flag pack, okay? And you find out that it's funded by some total crony insider group of people from D.C. or somewhere else. We literally saw in our district the the, the presence of foreign money at one point, <laughs> where literally a foreign nation was so interested in our candidate, they were they were uh, they had a relationship. Let's say that's right. And so so the, I'm gonna just just dig it a little deeper. I I believe the party should endorse. I believe they should take the responsibility. And there's a couple dimensions that mm-hmm. kind of correspond along with this. There are forks in the road. One is how it, how the endorsing party on a local level forms a relationship with the voters on the ground. So I'm a, I'm a guy in the precinct. I'm not a politically active person. I'm not, let's just say I'm just a regular person. Mm-hmm. But I do vote for a central committee person who, sends, who I send forward. I would argue that the best chance of citizens in precincts to have representation with strength, with impact in the political process is to have their central committee member endorsing in these races. That's right. It's just, you know, some, like something we talked about earlier, you know, political jury duty again. Mm-hmm. You know, the, when a guy goes on trial for whatever, they're going to appoint 12 jurors to hear the case and basically decide what the rest of that guy's life is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And you can think of it. And so those people are your delegates, and they're going to make this great big decision. Well, it's the same way in politics. When you elect your local central committee member, he's like on political jury duty, and, and his, it's his job to like hear the case, but if not somebody on trial. Well, in a case, in a sense, they're on trial. The candidates, mm-hmm. you know, this guy wants to be. These three guys want to be congressman. Which one are we going to pick? These three guys want to be state rep or state senator or a judge or sheriff or whatever. You know, so you're you're in that position where you're hearing the case, their cases. And deciding who's going to be best to, you know, preserve uh, 
you know, our country's sovereignty, our citizens' liberty and prosperity, you know, who's, who's going to be the best guy? And so, I mean, that, that's why you have to endorse. Because if you don't, again, the, con- the consequence of, you know, the people with the most money, usually out-of-towners, mm-hmm. will swoop in with their advertising dollars, you know, flood the airwaves, flood your mailbox, and it's it's hope it's very difficult to uh, defend against something like that unless you have your own candidates. Right, and I would suggest that in county parties where they have a policy, and sometimes I hear people from these parties, they'll look at me with sort of a high high hoity toity kind of like, oh, we're so above that, like we don't endorse, you know, yeah. like it's some kind of a high road, and that is absolute baloney. Okay, right. when they don't endorse, what they're really doing, in, in essence, and this is a tough, this is a tough thing to say, but this, this is the reality. They are squelching their own citizens. They are making it nearly impossible for the citizens on the ground. And this is one of the few ways that citizens can make a difference in the political mm-hmm. process without a bunch of money. I mean, local citizens running for central committee and supporting a slate card for a local party, that has a tremendous amount of power. If they individually tried to start a pack, a separate pack, or get behind candidates spending, yeah. it, it is very hard to match the impact of the money spent. I mean, this is one of the, the people complain about the money in politics. One of the best ways to take money out of it, and it still, still takes right. some money because you have to support your slate card. I mean, no, no point in endorsing candidates if no one's going to know who they are. you got to right. have at least a minimal amount to get the word out. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, this is the ability, this gives the local citizens the ability to have a voice that competes with Columbus in Ohio, for example, and the state party in Columbus. It competes with the special interests. It competes with the out-of-towners from Washington or from other states. Or, or other from, countries. Or from out of the country. Okay, <laughs> It competes with the big-name politicians right. that just, you know, because of their celebrity somehow drive the show. Uh, and, I, and I think one of my favorite paintings, Rick, is that, is that Norman Rockwell painting with the guy standing That's in the right. yeah, town hall. That's right. Yeah, me too. I, I got that one. I would say, you know, where's the town hall? It's, it's gone. It's disappeared. Well, it isn't really, hasn't really disappeared. There still is the opportunity for people to stand up and say what they believe in on a local level. And I, I, I think one of the reasons our political system has gone astray is because we've lost that voice. We've lost that connection to the people. And in my mind, this mm-hmm. is the shortest path to rebuilding it. It's, it's the only yeah, it thing is that the, works. It is. <laughs> this this is the only path. It was this the same people who set up our gave us our constitution, declaration of independence, the <clears throat> concepts of liberty and all the rest are the same people who set it up with the, you know, the national, the state, the county, the township and the precinct. Mm-hmm. Because they know everybody can't go to con- can't go to Washington and be in Congress. We have to delegate that. You know, everybody can't be, you know, a state rep or a state senator. You know, there's just not enough room in the chamber for every citizen. Right. They have to delegate. We're not a democracy. They specifically didn't want us to be a democracy because democracies are a disaster. We have to, you have to do everything by delegates. Mm -hmm. Everything's done by delegates. And the first, the first delegate you taught me. That's right. Is the central committee. That's right. Person. Who, who then in turn picks all the other delegates. Right. So, you know, it's... It's our own fault. That's all I can well, say. <laughs> well, I, so if we lose, it's because we don't want to win because the tools are here. Yeah, all the ingredients are here. You know that. Well, I, I, I think another element of it that I, that you know, the more I, the more I look at it, because you hear a lot of people complain, oh, the the parties are corrupt. The parties don't represent me. The parties are this. The parties are that. As relates specifically to the idea of the parties being corrupt or not having integrity, I'll tie those two together. Well, the reason that's the case often 
is that the only people who are interested in stepping into this party central committee space are the people who have a, who have skin in the game, who have a vested interest, who are elected officials, who are somehow they know wrapped, the, they wrapped know around the, the axle. That's right. They know the power. They know how much power this is. Like, I used to live in a county. I'll let it go unnamed. <laughs> they... Half the central committee was made up of employees at the courthouse, like bailiffs and janitors and secretaries and, and all the rest, clerks of all kinds. You know, and and ha- half the central and the other half of the central committee was made up of other county employees, like you know, salt truck drivers and ditch diggers and you know whatnot, sure. bridge repair, you know, paving guys, whatever. And so when a central committee would meet to endorse, they would endorse their guy for county commissioner, their guy for judges. And then when those commissioners and judges got elected, they would then in turn hire or rehire right. all those same bailiffs and clerks. It was like circular. Sure. You know, so who was really in charge? The bailiffs or the judges? <laughs> right. You know, the salt truck driver or the county commissioner? Who was really the boss? Right. And the reality is, it was the salt truck drivers who were in charge. Right, and they were willingly, the they were willingly compromising their values. That's right. They were doing it for their something. lousy job, their yeah. lousy, you know, county well, job and their lousy I, pension, <laughs> and and they I, they just sell the country down the river for yeah, you know. And I mean, I I use this expression, and and sometimes I, I wonder if I'm too I breathe too much fire. I'm trying to be good, but <laughs> but you know, I'd say garbage in, garbage out. If yeah. I, if you've got conflicted people picking your candidates. Okay, or in a circumstance where, let's say, two candidates come to the podium asking for endorsement, one of them is the guy who's been there for a long time and voted for the spending and been, you know, uh, less than 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 a leader in terms of, of, of liberty and protecting, you know, our, our rights and doing the things that we expect them to do. Then someone else comes. I, I, what, I, what I'm looking for is what kind of person is most likely, someone sitting in the seat of Central Committee, to vote for the candidate that would be the better quality candidate, to, for the candidate that would change the status quo. And I have a theory, and I hope it's correct, that the more regular citizens who serve, who don't have this conflict of interest, in general, the better things will be. The better the policy platform will be, or the, the party platform will be, the more it will reflect the principle of liberty the better the rules will be to, to favor the connection between the voters and the party. Uh, the better quality candidates will get, the more principled representatives, the more likely mm-hmm. that an individual is to challenge an establishment candidate who, who, who is out of line um, when those regular citizens are in those seats. Exactly. And again, going back to the jury duty analogy, I mean, we are very careful when we select a committee, I mean, a jury, I'm sorry, which is a committee, by the way, and those jurors are delegates, right. <laughs> just like central committee members. When we select those guys, we make, real, you know, we're very careful to make sure those people don't have a conflict of interest. You know, both sides can eliminate, you know, three or four guys, whatever it is, and they're taking people off to, you know, just ordinary mom and pop off the street. And if any, and if you've ever been on jury duty, you know that. Man, these guys, they all have common sense. You know, they really care about, you know, yeah, serving right. up justice. Yeah. I've been on three juries, and I'll tell you what, that that really puts, you know, the love of America right back in you. And when you see your fellow Americans being that dedicated to really, 
you know, being just with the accused, mm-hmm. you know, and taking every precaution to make sure we don't convict a, well, an innocent man. I mean, I've seen in the central committees where the citizens have gotten involved, and really here in Claremont, I mean, they've reformed the system. I mean, now you've got to, you know, get a criminal background check. you got to appear before the executive committee. they got all these processes before they'll even really let you stand in front of the central committee to, to ask for an endorsement. And it's been the same idea. Um, I, I think when I, because it, it's, look, statistically the people are leaving the parties in droves they and what are they complaining about they're leaving the parties because the parties don't they they say well i didn't leave the party the party left me right the parties don't have the principles the parties don't represent and embody the principles they don't have integrity and what i would suggest is if the people took the parties back or had a greater presence on the parties it opens the door for that's the only reason they're there is because of the principles and the integrity of the party they're not there to get a paycheck they're not there to, to pat somebody on the back hopefully they're not there to stargaze and be groupies and and so what fixes our problem and I, and I would also add you know if people believed more if you restored the faith of the par- the integrity in the parties the voters would believe more they would care right. more they you know what I mean they they feel better about their vote and participating and that their voice mattered there's an old expression good policy makes good politics mm-hmm. well picking good candidates is a policy and picking good candidates is good politics if you pick a good attractive candidates you know solid you know pro-liberty people mm-hmm. you people come out of the woodwork who haven't voted in decades to support your guy and it's like you said they're they're just they 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 believe the parties are corrupt, but there's nothing. See, a party cannot be corrupt. It's like, the like party being corrupt yeah. it doesn't have a. It's an inanimate object. A party, like you said, a party is an empty room into which you put people, mm-hmm. and it's it's the sum of the people's character and philosophy that comes through in the candidates they select, which then people see as the party's philosophy or character, mm-hmm. whether it's got integrity or not. But again, that is a result. That's, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's a result, not the cause. Mm-hmm. The cause is who's on central committee. Right. Who's casting the vote for that endorsement? Who's yeah, who's passing right. the bylaws? Who's pa- who's who's approving the platform? Absolutely. If, if you got fifty-five percent of the folks on central committee got good character and they're looking for great candidates who will, you know, preserve. To you know, restore America. Second paragraph, the Declaration of <laughs> yeah, Independence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, read the second paragraph. That's my motto. I mean, and then I and I guess the thing. Anytime somebody says, "Oh, give up," it's all over. I'm like, don't tell me there aren't five thousand people in the state of eleven million people that that feel this way. They're they're out there, and I, I want I throw out there too another another unintended consequence of the corruption inside the party infrastructure. Is that politics, the whole dirty politics? Now we've had for years that there's kind of a myth that says, oh, one time we used to be all hail fellow, well met, and join hands, and it was all, you know, love and kindness. It's always been a little bit of a combat zone, you know, blood sport politics. It, it is a battle. But if you've got a strong party, okay, a local party that actually represents people, that actually talks to people, that actually makes people feel like their voice mm-hmm. is heard and it matters, and like you said, has that attractive element of putting good people forward and makes them feel good about their vote. I would submit, because I've seen this happen, good people are more willing to run when they know they're going to sign on with a class act, when they're going to sign off with a group of people who can support them. They're, they're less worried mm-hmm. about all the muckraking. I, I literally, I've seen good people who I didn't think would have 
entered the fray, but because they believe, because we were a group, we were together. We they weren't alone anymore. All of a sudden, they had support because mm-hmm. we because the people actually stepped up and provided a, a community of support. Does that sound too liberal? I don't, I don't know. No, if if it is a battle, and but if if you get enough people on the central committee, you know, again, again, the candidates are, are the party's only product, right? And it, like in anything else, you got to have a good product, or people are gonna. You know, buy from you. Yeah. That's right. They're gonna they're gonna go somewhere else, or, or they're just gonna quit. You know, go home or whatever. So it's 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 absolutely critical that we basically take over the bottom of the pyramid mm-hmm. and uh, start just doing our job. And, and uh, one thing that's kind of you know unrelated is that you talked about all these folks that just get real down and depressed, and they think we're gonna lose. In fact. They, they sound like they want us to lose. Mm-hmm. In fact, if we didn't, they would be surprised. They wouldn't know what like, to do it themselves. Yeah, you know, like, why? Why are we winning all of a sudden? What's up with that? That's not, you know, they, they weren't talking about that on the radio today. <laughs> so true. So true. You know. Well, so, well, I, I, I guess that's, I just wanted to make sure that we, we, we just had a chance to talk about this. I, you know, in economics, one of my favorite premises is, is this really that we be careful to watch the unintended consequences of economic policy um, politics is is economics i mean politics has an economics all its own it's it is economic everything everything operates under the laws of economics economics simply means human action right? right it's the way people act and people act the same way in politics as they do in other aspects of their life sure and so it's but one point I wanted to bring up, I forgot earlier when we were talking about why should we endorse or not endorse or whatever. One of the best excuses I ever heard, and it's it's actually hilarious. They say, uh, oh, we shouldn't endorse because we might hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, so the, the country's about to go off a cliff and you're worried about somebody getting their feelings hurt. Right. Well, and, I mean, that's another, that's another, even in military, you know, school, you know, schools or, you know, studies of past history and lessons learned, the idea that the familiarity breeds contempt uh, uh, idea where you have <clears throat> central committee members get too chummy with the elected officials. And then when it's time to hold them accountable, they, it's really a risk. I mean, you can't, you're supposed to, your, your job isn't to become pals. Your job is to, you're there to defend and protect the liberty. I mean, it's on central committee members ought to have a swear oath to the Constitution the way the political people do. Yeah. So that you remember what your job is, is that you're there to to represent the people in your precinct and try to find the best quality person. And sometimes that means going a different direction. And so when you get too chummy, it makes mm-hmm. it harder or complicates the matter for people. It's just like jury duty again. Yeah, right. You're you there, want the you, jurors you, talking and being getting to be buddies with the prosecutor or the defense yeah, right, or the side. accused mm, right, or the right. victim or anybody else you're there to be an impartial juror you know right. to deliver justice what's right what's what's good yeah and i i think um you know so many problems would be when i think of the unintended consequences i i try to track down mentally what are what are the unintended consequences of having abdicated our authority have abdicated our responsibility for maintaining and upholding the integrity of the parties because we've let this go and it's now in the hands of people who are conflicted or in the hands of all these people with all these problems right i mean 
So what is what is what consequences does that result? Because maybe that's a way to influence people to see that they ought to be a part of this is is to have them realize the reason you're getting garbage in, garbage out. The reason you're getting the same crummy candidates. I mean, I've literally seen it happen in central committee meetings in other counties, where seemingly these are you know seemingly the nicest people in the world endorse just the hugest you know worst big spending guy. Oh, he's on our side. And he's all that. And we're so I'm like, no, this person's not on your side. But they're all right. such chums, yeah. and they're all, and I, I think I've seen this thing, I don't know if you would agree with this, but this is anecdotal, but hey, what am I going to do? It's kind of the world, we're just, we're, we're dealing with the evidence we got. <clears throat> and it seems to me like when there's a tough time or a tough vote has to happen on a central committee to, maybe even just to censure mm-hmm. or to not endorse somebody or to go against the grain, the people who have the hardest problem going against the grain are the people who are the most closest to the axle. They're either the elected officials in particular. Uh, they're people that are, yeah, you know, I mean, I bet if you, we always have these secret votes, which is fine. I think they should yeah. be secret. You, have, you should absolutely must have secret ballot. They, if you went, it, I, I, when I wouldn't suggest that we do this, but I'm just saying that my sense is that many of the elected officials are reluctant to hold another elected official accountable because they just don't like the mm-hmm. feel of it. What, do you, I mean, what is your sense of that? Oh, yeah, you have to, you, you have to go in there knowing what your duty is, Yeah, you know, like, your your job is you know there's other there's other places you can go to make friends right politics is not where you go to make friends right <laughs> now you're gonna you're gonna make friends there sure because there's a lot of good people involved in politics but your job is not to support your friends your job is to support the constitution of the united states and if you have to vote against your friends which i have done yeah I've gotten good at saying he's the nicest guy in the world, yeah. but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I literally no, I, I got to wait. I've had, it's come up enough times, Rick. I've I've, I've got a way of doing mm-hmm. it. Now. Well, it's like if you study the the World War II in the Pacific. You know, Admiral Nimitz had to fire a lot of his friends because mm-hmm. they just wouldn't fight hard enough. Right. And so you just that's the way you got to look at it. You know, politics is a fight, and you. You got to go in there knowing that, and it's a very serious business. It's not a kids' game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not eighth grade civics. Right. You know, we're fighting for our life. I here. will say though, just like I think it's important what you said, there are there are some good people in these committees because I'm again I'm breathing fire all the time, and yeah. there, I had somebody say to me once, "Well, there's some good people there." I'm like, "Oh yeah, there are, there are." I'm so you're right. I'm not trying to discount the the small number of people. There are some patriots that are there, certainly. Oh, yeah, in these absolutely. That's not, maybe a story for another day. We talk about when, you know, you didn't <clears throat> you didn't need a majority maybe in the beginning to change the leadership in a party because you, when you get there with 40%, you find out there's 10, 20, 15, 20% of people who have been there That's the right. whole time that go, oh my God, I'm so glad you came. You know, you, you there are coalitions to be built inside these parties and there are good people that are there. Um, but I think that it's, it's an exercise in... Uh, due diligence it's an exercise in sort of this psychological mm-hmm. you know you got to remember why you're there and, and i think right. as difficult as it gets one of the professions you said to me years ago that that, that was absolutely hilarious and has always stuck with me is that this is great this is this is entertainment they ought to charge admission <laughs> like oh, yeah that's i mean when it gets hot i got to remember this is supposed to be yeah there's yeah. An entertainment central committee is not supposed to be fun yeah but sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes it is. And, it really is. and and you're not there to make friends, but you do. You know, right. so and it, it's, it's, you know, I would recommend it to everybody. Just just do <laughs> <And> it. <I laughs> you know, you would not neglect every any other aspect of your life right. the way we neglect politics. Yeah, and look at the outcome. Look just at stop it. neglecting it. Just stop neglecting it. Just do treat your county central committee the way you treat your car or your house. 
you know, or, or a better analogy would be your family. Because if we lose this war with the people we're up against, I mean, I mean, you want your kids to grow up in a country like, you know, Cuba or Venezuela or North Korea even. Mm-hmm. And it, it could get that bad. It really could. Yeah. So you just... And all, and all that's missing is the people stepping up. And I, I, you know, there's... When I think about it, it's like there's several frustrations. One is that, you know, you're, it's so against the grain to introduce this to people because they've been trained to think that listening to talk radio is doing your political, your civic duty. Yeah, well... Or voting in November. And we've, we've offloaded, you know, we, somehow we think, well, we've offloaded this responsibility to others. Well, you cannot do that. You have to take the, you have to take it back. Right. And, and the, I, you know, you know, talk radio is, it drives me nuts. Same, same. Yeah. I mean, and I literally, this last time. Right? Cause they will not talk about this. Yeah. I mean, I, I reached out to Glenn Beck and yeah. I mean, I got to the point where I, I, for a long time, I wouldn't say who, who I was reaching out to and what I was doing. But this was ridiculous. But they're all like this. We've been we've been reaching out to all of these guys. Ever as soon as they come on the air, we start calling, mm-hmm. writing, everything. You know. No, like, we can't talk about that. Why not? You talk about everything else. Yeah, we're gonna have more on trivia today. But we can't spend five <laughs> minutes a week on the process that would actually change the country. Yeah. There's three hundred thousand precincts in America. In essence, well, you get one hundred fifty thousand yeah. people. Their so, business model, in fact. I've only heard this anecdotally, so I don't. I don't want to quote who's sure. You know. But the talk radio and so-called conservative news media and all the rest, their business model—they call it stirring the crazies. Yeah. Just make them mad. Just you know, throw dirt at them, throw it in their face. You know, look. You know, you're losing, and it's getting worse. Yeah. Here they come with another outrage. Here's the, you know, the weekly, the the outrage of the week. Yeah. You know, the latest regulation, you know, the latest, you know. And, you know, we just sit there and get madder and madder and madder. And, and the madder we get, the more we watch and the higher the ratings go. Yeah. It's a business model. When I saw, when we started making the distinction, and we should do another show on this one, uh, that beyond process, it's all, everything's begging. We, we be outside of process, yeah. everything else is begging. And I and I got to the point where I'm like, I started to recognize things or really categorize things as, is it process or is it begging? And man, right. all of a sudden, I, just, I mean, covers start coming off everywhere. I just, you, you just, you start analyzing things on what is their actual impact. And I, I mean, I, I don't know, I just, I got so tired of it. I mean, I wouldn't, and for a while there, it was like, you know, after I resigned from all my nonprofits and all the things I was doing. I thought, well, you know, I could blog once a week or do these shows or something. And man, Rick, I, when I thought about it, it's something that I would have to do or I'd have to complain every week. You know, I, I can't do it. I just can't. I can't take my creative energy, time away from my life, my family, my business, everything I'm doing. If it's not constructive and part of the process, I, I'm not interested. Yeah, people, you know, approach me all the time. You know, they want me to be part of their project. Mm-hmm. And their project is always some form of begging, <laughs> and I just politely say, "No, I am sorry. I have my own project. You know, I, you know, good luck with yours, but I, I you know, I'm already doing what I believe will do yeah. will yeah. work. This is it. all my energy is going in this one space. That's or, right. You have to focus. You have to focus. Absolutely, absolutely. So, hey, well, another great show, and thanks for coming by, and uh, let's do it again. So, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Heron, thank you very much, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon.